This is Life Change Church, Muskegon. What are you doing while you listen? Driving, mowing the lawn, folding the laundry, multitasking? We're so glad you're here. Subscribe and share this weekly podcast on Spotify, Google Podcasts, on iTunes, or at mylifechangechurch.tv. Join us in person Sunday mornings at 9.30 or 11.30, or catch us on Facebook Live. Here's Pastor Ron Rands. Well, good morning. We're going to turn in your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, and uh, today is the conclusion of our series on faith. And I'm going to say that real humbly because really every message, everything that we really do um, in Christianity is about faith. And so I, I hesitate to even say the word conclude uh, but because, you know, there's really, um, uh, there's in, in the kingdom of God, there's this, this space that God wants us to have more of him. And, and what that means is that there's this connection we have with his promises and we are to here to be made in his image. And in his image, we reflect who he is on this earth. In fact, um, we're going to turn to um, another passage in a, just a moment in, in John chapter 14. I know it's not in your notes, and I also know it's not going to be on the screen, but the Lord uh, referenced this passage to me this morning before the service got started. So in Hebrews 11 verse 1, there's this whole chapter that is uh, given to us that defines faith. And, you know, you're, when, when God takes a, a space of time and devotes a whole chapter on it, you got to understand that uh, there, it's not even, it gives all these little uh, pictures and these little snapshot stories, or what we'd better call history, of what God has done, and he calls it faith. And, and what I love about it is this, is that God calls faith life. It's not difference. It's not something we get educated in. It's not something where all of a sudden we, you know, all of a sudden we accrue in our life and, or maybe after so many years that I've been in the church, somehow I'm a person of faith. In fact, we're going to even talk about how, you know, there's two kinds of faith that the Bible talks about in Romans. We'll, we'll, so we'll reference that. So today's message, um, it's kind of uh, difficult and yet exciting because when you think of faith, you're going to think of miracles and maybe you're going to be thinking of healing and um, you're going to think of maybe aspirations. What I want you to do today is I want you to think of you. Because that's really when at the end of your life, that's what's going to happen. Were you of faith? Why not get the question answered before we get there? Amen? In fact, maybe we should be getting the reflection and understanding of it way before we get there all the time. You know, and maybe we should have a fair appraisal. Am I a person of faith? And so it's very important that we um, grab hold of the understanding what faith is and what faith is not. So we talked about a few weeks ago, doubt, that everybody deals with doubt. And we understand that doubt is upsetting to the kingdom of God. It's upsetting to God because God wants us to trust him. He wants us to be of faith. Then we talked about, you know, then we talked about acknowledgement. And one of our elders even shared it in our, our, you know, in our prayer this morning. How important acknowledgement is. By the way, um, you know, just again, I, I will share this with you. Just because um, I preach this stuff, that doesn't mean I am anointed to live it. 
I have to make intentional steps in my life. And so that word acknowledgement has been something that my wife and I have been just aiming at more and more. Are we really acknowledging? And what really frustrates my life and my, and my thoughts sometimes is how quickly I run out of words to say how great God is. I mean, it's easy to say he's great. But you know what? Maybe you can even look at each other, maybe the, the love of your life. And I'm looking at Brenda on the other side of of you know the room and how many words would describe and, and what words would I have to describe her because of my time with her but that really kind of tells you what your relationship with God is if you're spending time with God in the spaces of what he does in your life then you probably wouldn't run out of words wouldn't run out of words in fact isn't that what the Bible is it's full of words of people who spent time with God or didn't and how important it could be. So we talked about acknowledgement, and acknowledge means, means this is who God is. And I believe that it's so important, if I'm taking steps of faith, I should be acknowledging God in a space I'm, he, you know, I don't know him as, but I still know he is. And then third, we, uh, yes, last week we talked about vacillating, going back and forth. And this week we're gonna talk about how do we get fully convinced of who God is is in your life how do we get fully convinced so we're, we're going to go through the definition of it first hebrews 11 1 here's the definition of faith and what it uh, shares with us um in hebrews 11 1 is that god says that faith faith is a substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not yet seen okay faith is a substance of things hoped for evidence of things not yet seen in fact, the uh, NLT says, faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. And how many of us, you know, I remember growing up and a lot of the statements were, you know, you know um, uh, don't believe anything you hear and only half what you see. I mean, that was really, I remember, I remember that statement really obvious in my training of, in my, my youth. Don't believe anything you hear and only half what you see. Man, if you, if you apply that logic to the Bible, you're never going to walk in faith. Because faith is believing what you hear. Hearing from the Word of God. And we're going to be turning to that passage in just a minute. Now, um, again, I, I don't know uh, if math has changed since I was a, a kid. But you remember where he had that greater than math sign? You know what I mean? There's something greater than, kind of like a little arrow at it. And I was, you know, I wasn't really good at history and, and geography, but I was really good at math. And I remember the flashcards, and I enjoyed mathematics, and I have always enjoyed it. And, and this greater than, well, you know, God, God gives us a picture of greater than in the Bible. And he uses you, and that's why when I say about faith today, I want you to say, everybody say you. All right? He's talking about you are supposed to be in faith. And then even God says, you're supposed to have greater than than him. Now, I don't know about you, but in order to have greater than, you have to have an image of what you're greater of. You know, are you greater than 10? You're greater than 10. Are you greater than 50? You're greater than 50. Oh, you have to have an image. But if you have no image of greater than, well, then you're not greater than much. Right? Now you understand why God wants you in the Word. Now you want God, God wants you in devotions, why God wants you in prayer, because when you get in the space of prayer, you get the presence of God in your life, and all of a sudden the presence of his power lifts you up in that day, even though your circumstances aren't, are kind of bleak, kind of hard, heavy. But his 
presence gets inside of you and you're greater than your circumstances. That's why it's so important to pray. That's why it's so important to have devotions. That's why it's so important to have promises in your life because God knows that you're gonna physically face things in this world, in your day, in your week, in your life that feel greater than you, but yet God is greater than every one of them. Don't lose heart. He says, I have overcome the world. So if the presence of who's overcome the world is inside of your life, then how in the world could you doubt what you face? Unless you are walking by sight and not by, by faith. John 14, the NIV translation says this, verse 12. So please, if you're taking notes, write it down. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I've been doing, and they will do even greater things than these, because I'm going to the Father. Now, let's think about what Jesus did real quickly. We don't have a lot of time here. Real quickly, he healed the sick. He raised the dead. Okay, he raised the dead. He delivered people from demons. Have you ever had an imagination, a thought that you would deliver somebody from a demon? Or are you the one trying to run from one? Are you seeing yourself less than the demon? Or, come on, say it with me. Less than or? See, that's the point, isn't it? That's what faith is. Faith is understanding who you are in God. And how great the promise is inside of you. Are we going to walk in doubt of this world? Are we going to not acknowledge who God is and who he is in our life? Because greater is he that's in me, 1 John 4, 4, than the junk that's in this world. Or am I going to vacillate? Eh, it's not been in my experiences. Or I'm going to trust because I've spent time in prayer. You remember the demon that the disciples couldn't seem to deliver? And they said, why couldn't we deliver? And Jesus says, this only comes out through much prayer and fasting. Because what happened is their eyes got really big and this demon got really enlarged in their thought and they began to look at the experience and it was greater than the presence of God. And the answer to that is, take time to be with God and the greater than that fills your life is greater than the demon that's present in that child. It's not really that, it's not rocket science. But yet we make it that way because see, we're mentally trying to ascend to a God instead of presently having a relationship that's just exploding with his presence inside. Number one in your study guides, faith is a journey. It has a starting point like all other journeys and you need to have a faith beginning. It has a starting point. In Romans chapter 1, verse 17, I'm going to read from the Amplified Translation that defines this starting point for everyone, okay? That's why we, we reference the word born again. You, you're born, you know, my parents uh, celebrating their 60th anniversary. We had a celebration of it yesterday. And thinking about that, you know, here I am. I, I, was, their, I was their surprise. I was the reason they came together. In fact, I even told them that. I, said, I was the gorilla glue that put you guys together. They go, yeah, whatever. All right, but that was, that was the space of time that they had. And look, I look at them and go, wow, it's something to honor because of all the things that they've gone through that wanted to separate them. 
Number one, faith is a journey. They took that journey by a covenant with each other. You have a journey to be with God. You take that step, that journey, but it's not where it ends. They have 60 years of life inside of a starting point 60 years ago. You don't lock into what happened 60 years ago. You begin to build history. You begin to build faith. You begin to build trust. You begin to build hope. You build a lineage. You have something to impart. Romans 1, 17, Amplified. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God ascribes is revealed. In the gospel, which means good news. Both springing from faith and leading to faith. Disclosed through the way of faith and arouses to more faith. We're going to explain what that is because that may just, you may have got lost in that little amplified translation. So point number two will help you understand. The first faith, the good news, when Jesus came and all of a sudden somewhere, something happened in your life, all of a sudden some space of thought and it became light bulb. All of a sudden it became real. Something inside of you felt, I'm empty with out this relationship. I accept Jesus as my Lord. I accept the cross. That's the first faith. The first faith speaks of which is primary saving faith. But then there's also this, in Romans 1.17, there's also another faith that springs from this faith. Or at least it's supposed to. The second faith is power giving faithfulness. In fact, we're going to reference it a little bit later in this message. James chapter 2 says, If I have faith and no works, my faith is dead. Which means there are things that should be behind me showing that I'm a person of, I should be a person of faith. Because being a believer, accepting the cross, should spring forth power inside of my life so there are things that follow my life that show that I am a man of faith or in your case, maybe a woman of faith because I'm going from faith to faith. The faith is working in me to produce faith outside of me. That's what Romans 1 is 17, or actually Romans 1.17 is talking about. Now, um, Romans 10.17 says this, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So you say, Pastor Ron, what are you saying? So if you want to grow in your faith, so which means I accept, and many of us today are going to acknowledge the redemptive power of Christ. Jesus died on the cross for my sins. He died on the cross. We're going to take that, we're going to put it in remembrance of what he's done. But Romans says that we're supposed to go from faith to faith. And even John 14, Jesus says, you're supposed to do greater things. Jesus, are you serious? I'm going to do greater things than what you, and you know what, here's the thing is, you won't if you don't imagine it. You won't if you don't grab onto the promise. You won't do those greater things. All they will be is a thought that doesn't become a truth. How many times do we have thoughts that don't become truths in our lives? And we say, well, Pastor Ron, what are you talking about? Let, let me really quickly here. All of you operate in the space of imagination and faith all, every day. I just purchased a, a plow truck. It goes forward. It doesn't go in reverse. You say, what in the world did you purchase that for? Because I got it cheap. There is some Dutch in me. All right? So, <laughs> and, you know, and, and so anyway, the point of it is, is um, 
Uh, yes, and you are. If you have a plow truck, you will have to have reverse. I get it, all right? You don't need to come to me afterwards and say, Pastor Ron, you, do you really understand? Yes, I get it. I need reverse, all right? I, you know, but the thing is, I YouTubed it. This is a common problem for Fords. <laughs> yes, I went there. All right, so anyway, this is a common problem for these vehicles, all right? So I went and called budget there goes the Dutch thing again. Budget transmission and found out it's only $1,500 to repair. Or I can YouTube it and figure out how to repair it myself. And you know what YouTube does? You guys always do this because some of you don't have a clue. Some of you get on Pinterest. Some of you get on, on YouTube. Some of you, you guys will go over there and you'll explore Google to get faith to do something. You do it all the time, but you won't explore the Bible. And the Bible's full of imagination so that you can do greater things. Imagine what this world would look like if we, just this group of people, went out and did greater things. How many people in the community would believe? Because the greater things of God. You say, well, Pastor Ron, that just seems so simplistic. It seems almost in the space of ridiculous. That's what the gospel does. To those who are educated, they think it's ridiculous. But to those who have the frame of a child and just take it on as faith, to them, the power of God is available. I want to act like a child in the kingdom of God, not like some adult that throws it to the, and discards it. Number three, faith is when the promise or word of God remains in us. There's that tug of war, right? Is the promise remain in me or are going to vacillate back and forth. John 15, 7, but if you remain in me and my words remain in you, you may ask for anything you want and it will be granted. When you produce much fruit, you are my true disciples. This brings great glory to my Father. Number four, the word of God in our lives is to be exercised. It's a faith muscle that grows. It needs to be exercised. Hebrews 5, verse 12 through 14 I remember when this passage, when I, I remember it first like the light bulb went on when I read this. And so maybe that will happen to you this morning. In fact, though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you the elementary truths of God's word all over again. You need milk, not solid food. Anyone who lives on milk, being still an infant, is not acquainted with the teaching about righteousness. But solid food is for the mature who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. This is one of the things I'm recognizing nutritionally, and I'm not a nutritionist at all, but nutritionally I'm realizing that a lot of our foods, because they're just so manufactured by man today and not God, God made it that way. I mean, if you read the book of Genesis, many of you probably don't even, maybe didn't even pick it up. From the very beginning, there was no meat eaters. None. Not even animals were meat eaters. They're all eating vegetation, and I'm, believe me, I like my meat, so don't go there, okay? So I'm not talking about that. But there were no meat eaters. They were all eating vegetation. Why? Because there was so much substance from the earth that God had created, so much inside the soil, so much in the vegetation, that these people lived for a thousand years. Man, have we fallen from that grace. But the point I'm trying to make is this is that God's word is that rich that that power would live on the inside of you and strengthen you and resolve you to know who God is. In fact, I was listening to Richard this um, and Wednesday night, 
And God got a hold of him. Richard is one of our elders. And Richard said, this is Pastor Ron, I am learning something so different right now. And I was teaching on the Beatitudes and, and begin to teach on the parables. And I never really realized and picked up, it's all about the kingdom. The kingdom this and the kingdom that and the kingdom this and the kingdom that. And it's really getting alive on the inside. Well, I don't know what happened, but a seed from the kingdom of God went from on that Wednesday night inside of my heart. And yes, I understand the kingdom, but it actually grabbed me in even a new way. And all of a sudden, I'm beginning to see the Bible, the kingdom this and the kingdom that. What is that? What are you saying, Pastor Ron? I'm moving from faith to faith. The word of God got alive in that space. Just like God's word's gotten alive in my marriage because I went from faith of redemption of knowing I'm saved from faith to God has promises for marriage. God has life for marriage. God has strength. I'm going from faith. And some of us are just standing in the redemptive power of God and God's going, come on, I gave you this redemption. I gave you this first step because I have many steps to go. Number five, faith is fruit that follows. Faith that fruit that follows. James 2. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food. Now, notice it doesn't say that you're not saved. It says, can that faith save anybody else? That's what it's saying here. What can that do? Look at verse, again, I'm going to read it, verse 15. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing, and you say goodbye and have a good day. Stay warm and eat well. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good is that? So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. So it's not just talking about you have a faith for your redemptive power. You understand Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you're supposed to go from faith to faith. This faith that God has given us is supposed to produce gods for others to see. That's the whole point of why God has you here. And someone may argue, verse 18, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. In a few minutes, we're going to um, celebrate communion. And uh, this morning, my wife and I were doing devotions and, and praying. And it just hit me. I, I've gone through some, uh, I've gone through a lot of hardships in my life, in my path. And I began to look at it. And you know, see, I, I look at things in the kingdom through two words. And I know there's lots of other words. But I always look through two words. They're, they're on the top of that list. And it's love and trust. Those two words. Do I love? I'm supposed to love the world. Then my next one is, do I trust? Do I engage it? I can love the whole world. God loves the whole world, but he doesn't trust it. That's the space where trust engages the other person as well as the person who's given it. See, people like to make Jesus responsible for everything. He, why didn't he heal this? Why didn't he do this? Why didn't he do that? He's already done that. He's already loved the world. Now the engagement of trust takes two. 
his part and your part. That's how trust is. Love can be one way. I can love. You can, in fact, I've seen people get divorced. One is loving and loving and loving, and the other one isn't. So I can, love can be engaged one directional. But trust, true trust, is connected. And so I, uh, as I was praying with my wife this morning, God hit me on the power of acknowledgement of the cross. The redemptive power of God. And, you know, time, we, we have a statement that says time heals all wounds. It's a lie. It may heal the love factor, but not the trust factor. The only way that trust can be built is through acknowledgement. Honey, I'm sorry this happened in our life. Dad, I messed up. I know, I, you know, and I, I remember times where I tried to hide it. I remember... Um, a truck that my dad and I bought together. If he's watching this right now, he's probably the first time he's heard his confession. <laughs> but I remember uh, trying to see how fast I could get that truck to go on slippery roads. Lost control of it, went through a driveway, wiped out three aluminum, tr- that's when they had aluminum trash cans, not plastic ones. Wiped out three aluminum trash cans, the, the throttle stuck on this truck is, and so I'm like, so trying to drive it, didn't have the sense to turn the key off. Anyway, and then uh, hit this telephone pole, and uh, it, it uh, unlocked the throttle, that was a good thing. Anyway, <laughs> started it up, spun out of the driveway, and this lady comes out of her driveway, and all she sees is three trash cans and a bunch of grass being tore up by my truck because I'm trying to fly out and try to get away. And uh, anyway, for the, uh, I, I mean, obviously, hit a telephone pole sideways, man. It puts a huge dent in that truck. So I remember trying to park this thing in such a way all the time every night that dad wouldn't see the dent, <laughs> wouldn't see the dent in the truck instead of just acknowledging, hey, dad, um, I messed up. Because, see, I always thought, you know, that my dad couldn't love me if, if he knew really what I did. That wasn't true. Maybe I, he struggled with trusting me. But he wouldn't if we came to that space of acknowledgement. How many of us in our walk with God have really been transparent? Adam and Eve sinned. And it hit me. I went, why did God chase them? Why didn't he wait for them to come to him? Because he realized that they were trying to cover the sin and that they weren't going to acknowledge it. And from that point on, he says, I'm not going to have man or woman think that they can have a relationship with me of trust. We'll have love. But there's never going to be a trust until there is acknowledgement. And how I, I, brothers and sisters, I think it's so important for us as we take communion when Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. Why did Jesus die on the cross? Because of our sins. Because of our offenses to him. And there's not a person in this room that hasn't done or had sin in their life. 
So what if we were to, I, I really believe that one of the reasons we don't have so much, we don't have power in our life, we have love in our life. We don't have power in our life because power comes from trust. Jesus said it very clear in John. He says, I don't entrust myself to them because I know what's in them. Well, what's in me? Hiding it? Ashamed of it? Or bringing it to the cross? What if we were a people of that kind of communion with God? Didn't Jesus teach us how to pray? Forgive me. Forgive my debts as I forgive those who have indebted to me. Is that just a word or is God teaching us a kingdom trust procedure? He was teaching us about faith. He was teaching us the, 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 the space of importance of acknowledgement, not just of acknowledging his promises, not just acknowledging how great God is and what he wants to do with your life, but also, God, for me to acknowledge the weight and the sin that's in my life. See, I believe God wants to vacuum us up, but I also believe the devil wants to pull us back. I gotta have both handled. God, the sin that wants to ensnare my life and keep me from everything, I pray it cut off. Would you please bow your heads and close your eyes? Father, I thank you for your presence, even in my devotions this morning. I thank you for the space of understanding what faith, at least is faith is, it's going from faith to faith. And that, Lord, I speak to those watching on TV right now, or those in our audience, Lord, in your house of worship. And they don't, they're, they're not people and understanding that they're a child of faith. They've never taken that and heard the gospel or the good news that you love them, that you died for them. Or maybe they've never had the, a space of acknowledgement. I received that gift personally in my life. And if you're here this morning, maybe you're watching it or you're present with us right now, there's a space where you have to acknowledge, you have to surrender your life to him. I'm gonna pray that prayer. And then we're going to uh, worship our God. But I, I, it won't take away all your issues. It won't get rid of all your problems. But now you're inviting the creator of the universe, the lover of mankind inside of your personal life who has a, a space of desire and even has a schematic for you personally. Let's pray this prayer together. Shall we say, Father God, in Jesus' name, I surrender my life. I thank you that you sent Jesus to die on the cross for my sins. You made it personal. So I take it personal. Here's my life. I give it all to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's stand up and worship our God. If you liked this message, we want you to share it. Subscribe to more podcasts through mylifechangechurch.tv. Get involved. Ask for prayer. Share your story. Go to mylifechangechurch.tv. I'm Karma Adams, producer.
We'll see you next week.